Greetings and salutations and welcome to Recasted, the podcast that provides you with a fighting and tireless champion of remaking movies. Damn right. Recasted is all about remaking these movies into what we believe the films could be today. And what better movies to choose from than those that flopped at their release? Our second movie of the month is one of those films that is actually considered a flop despite its critical success. Huge critical yeah. success. So join the man, the myth, the legend, Hassa. Hello. And myself, just a nosy reporter trying to figure things out, Chris. That's we... pretty nosy. Yes. As we pull up a classic film and attempt to create a blockbuster hit. As one man said about this film, it's his sled. There, I saved you two boobless hours. <laughs> Prepare to listen to our recasting of Citizen Kane. Yeah, finally doing Citizen Kane. <laughs> a very successful flop. Yes. So, so we'll get into that right away. So, mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes? <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes! We here at Recasted. Rotten Tomatoes. I really gotta stop drinking <laughs> in the middle of the day. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes has this movie... At 99% for critics. Do you know what the 1% is? So. <laughs> wh- is that one of your fun facts? No. Okay. I, I read it in the fun facts. It's one negative review from like years later that they found. Yes. And they're I like, oh, that. we got to yeah. add it. Yeah. All right. Continue. Um, and 90% from audiences. Mm-hmm. So this is a very, very highly regarded film. And watching it, I could see why. Yeah. But like most movies made in the black and white era, it's boring as shit. <laughs> However, I don't know how much this movie costs to make. I'm going to assume a lot of money for back then. Because it only made a million point six dollars. One point six million dollars. So it mm-hmm. did not make very much. Um, so... Does that tell you the cost? It um, normally does. I'm on Box Office Mojo. No. It just tells me how much it made i'm gonna look on imdb while i'm here sure um the budget was estimated at 840 let's say 840,000. yeah so that's not a good no it barely made it's it's wow it's opening week was not really great it did make a complete star out of it out of orson welles though oh yeah well he was already a radio star at this point true this is after war of the worlds yes but uh and Still. people did not freak out into the streets because aliens were attacking. That's a myth. I know, but it's such a good story. I know, but it's <laughs> such a... Ah, it's such a myth. So, this is our uh, first times watching it? Yes, I had never seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as a uh, person who loves movies so much, I have been told for years that this is one of the best and blah, 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 blah. And I think it's a good movie. It's technically um, um, great. I, I think it has a lot of really cool things. I think the acting is good and bad all at the same time. Because um, it has this weird effortlessness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, which help comes from the fact that half of these actors have never acted before. No, they're all part, all part of like um, his radio. Yeah. Orson Welles is like radios. So, and like it really did feel like they were like improvising. Mm-hmm. It really felt like they were supposed to be like, this kid, this is, these are the topics you need to hit in this conversation. Just, you know, go with the flow, especially like when they're talking to their old versions. Like the mm-hmm. one who keeps asking for cigars. It's like, you could tell he was just like winging it. <laughs> so, 
uh, I'll talk about it in a, in a moment. There are a lot. There are a lot of facts. So I only pulled out a few of them, but there were some that I didn't grab that we'll still probably talk about. But like that scene, they had to reshoot it. It's why he's wearing the um, visor because mm-hmm. the wig they had on him made him look stupid. So they had to reshoot the whole thing because <laughs> then they just put a visor over it. <laughs> But like that was one thing that I was very surprised with. The makeup in this movie is actually really well done. Yeah. Like you can tell that there like the age gap between younger Orson Welles. Charles and older Charles. Mm-hmm. Right? Um I think it's done very, very well. I think the way the story is kind of told non linearly is really interesting and something that I'm gonna guess didn't happen back then. Mm, not probably in films. Not. not as much. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, did, I don't know. This movie is a groundbreaking piece of material from what I know about cinema. It's a very artistic movie. But it, yeah, it, there are parts of it that I definitely want to change. Mm. Uh, and we'll get to that when we get there. But like, yeah. there's also parts of it I don't understand. Like, why did they sell him? I don't think they sold him. <laughs> I think they... Like, they gave him away to grow up with somebody else? Like, well, they gave him to the banker guy as, like, his... Thatcher. Thatcher, yeah. yeah. So they gave him to Thatcher to kind of, like, who, as a guardian. Who was one of the bad actors. Yeah. He kept looking down the barrel of the camera. Did you notice that? Yeah. It was frustrating. He's like, oh, that, that Charles... Look down the barrel of the camera. Stop looking at the camera. <laughs> um, like, he was talking directly to the audience. It was very annoying. <laughs> But I think, like, what were we talking about? We're talking about why. So I think it's more to do with, like, oh, his mom wants him to go grow up and become successful businessmen, and this is what you would do. Like, Well, it really did seem like they were giving Thatcher mm-hmm. shares in the mine to raise their son, who then, when he turned 21, would take over the mine. Would take over whatever the mining company yeah. and everything was. But did you notice that there was the whole point about, because it's in her name and the husband was all upset, and then they make the point just before the end where it's like, no, he's going away from you. Yeah. So it's kind of making it seem like she was sending him off to get away from the dad. Yes. And like, I really actually liked that part of the story. Mm -hmm. The fact that it was in her name. Mm -hmm. Like, no matter what. Like... And like Thatcher just didn't give, not, didn't give him the time of day. <laughs> like that. Right. It's just like they're not listening to him at yeah. all. Like, nope. Because like that's really not something that happened back in the 40s, no. let alone back in the 1800s when that was, that was, it was set. 1871. Let's say like 75. Because yeah. 71's when it started or yeah. whatnot. So like that's, I don't know, thought that was a cool piece of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I also kind of liked how you see Charles. Should we just call him Charles? Yeah, Kane. You can Whatever. call him Kane. Um, how you see him go from this like idealistic twenty-something buying a newspaper and mean like we're just gonna <laughs> print the truth. I just to being this lonely, power-hungry, controlling jackass, right? And like realizing near the end what he was. Yeah. Right. I thought it was a good character arc. Yeah. So, good. What did you think? I thought it was it was good. Um, <laughs> I I see it for its technical aspects, which were amazing. Like the way they shot this, the way it was, like the lighting of it was just amazing for black and white at yeah. the time. Like it was so much dark and 
and light. The storytelling was done in a really interesting way, mm-hmm. right? So I do agree. I think some of the actors were like, mm, they really struggled. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah. And then having it kind of his life going through these different things was an interesting mm-hmm. way. I have my changes that I'm going to add to it later, yeah. but maybe we'll go into some fun facts first. Hold on. Before you go into that, one of the things, like it's part of a change, but I really want to talk about the scene mm-hmm. when he's with his first wife Yes. and they're eating breakfast. Oh, it's a nice scene. I love that scene. I love how it goes back and forth between the two of them and they're changing outfits every time mm-hmm. and they're having the same argument over years. But I also right? like... The, and like then the... it backs out and the table's like... Yeah. 10 feet long and they're sitting on opposite ends of it and it started with just like this two like this four person table and them sitting right next but to I each love, other. Like, I love the fact that she ends up reading the other paper. Yeah. And yeah. Or the Guardian or whatever and he's reading his and yeah. then it's just like oh. But like I, I really like the way they filmed that scene and like for like today's age mm-hmm. you don't have to do it with those weird whip cuts that they did. Yeah. You could just slowly pan the camera back and forth and yeah. just have, like, hidden cuts in there, right? Well, I, and I also like the fact that when it comes to the exposing of whatever the affair, we'll say it is. Technically, it was an affair because, like, yeah, that's why he had the scandal and couldn't run for president. Yeah. <laughs> what? Nothing. The guy who got caught with another woman yeah. couldn't run for president. Yeah. We, we got They've it. had two of those. We, we know. <laughs> but, um... But, like, that scene shows, I think, the best of him because it's literally he's not going to back down from this, right? Yeah. He's like, no, you do it. They're like, no, no, this goes away. You just step us. He's like, no. (laughs) Which is funny enough. Like, it actually gives him really good character. And then he just becomes terrible anyways. Yeah. And they they see you see it at the end, too, with with Susan when he writes her a bad review. Yeah. Right. Where he's like, I'm going to write the truth. Yeah. Even though he fires his friend for doing it. Right? And pays him 25 Well, he doesn't. He does give him money, but he gets sent back. He's sent back, yeah. He's ripped up and sent back. So. With okay. his. Let's do some fun facts with Chris. Fun facts with Chris. Fun facts. Fun facts. Who? Okay, despite all the pub- pub- publicity. Mm. Thank you. Tomato. <laughs> Tomato. Despite all the publicity, the film was a box office flop and was quickly considered to the RKO vault. At the 1941 Academy Awards, the film was booed every time one of its nine nominations was announced. It was only re-released to the public in the mid-50s. It was booed. I wonder if it's because people didn't like Orson Welles. Possibly. However, for his work in this movie, Orson Welles became the first person to be Oscar-nominated for Best Actor and Best Director for the same film. He also won Best Original Screenplay and was the first person to be nominated in all three categories for the same for the same film as well. Wow, I wonder how many other people have done that. Uh, we'd have to look it up, but he was the first, and yeah. then he got booed. <laughs> um, I, would to, I would like just thinking about it. I can only think of a few people who would even become close to that. Like, there's not Mel many. Gibson for Braveheart. Did he direct it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But and started it. I don't think he wrote it though. No. Right. Stallone maybe for Rocky. Maybe, but did he get nominated for all three? 
They did do the screenplay, but I'm yeah, just saying, like, like there aren't there's... that many of them out there because it's not Clint Eastwood. Because even though Clint Eastwood, sorry, acts and, and directs, directs, he doesn't normally write. No, Ben Affleck the same way. He doesn't normally write. Mm, I know they wrote Good Will Hunting, and they won for that, but they weren't nominated for Best Picture or, or Best Director. Yeah, we'd they have also to look didn't. It up. They didn't direct Good Will Hunting. They uh, Gus Van Sant did. Then there's not many. <laughs> No. I don't have that in my No, I'm just... <laughs> Why are you interrupting my text? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just an impressive, an impressive feat. That's why it's, I put it in it's here. It's like with Silence of the Lambs where they won the top five. Yeah. They won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress. Well, like you know, Lord like, of the Rings when they won 14 Oscars. 13, 13 Oscars <laughs> the one year. They're tied with Ben-Hur and Titanic. Yeah. Um, okay. But unlike Ben-Hur and Titanic, they won every single nomination. They were only nominated for 13, whereas mm-hmm. the other two were like nominated for like 14 and 16, I think. But they won every single one. The other mm-hmm. two didn't. It's because Ben-Hur sucks. <laughs> Ben-Hur. No, it doesn't. <laughs> All right. Um, so the camera looks up at Charles Foster Kane and his best friend Jedediah Leland and down at weaker characters like Suzanne Alexander Kane. This was a technique that Orson Welles borrowed from John Ford, who had used it two years previously on Stagecoach in 1939. Wells Keep going. privately watched Stagecoach in 1939 about 40 times while making this film. Jesus. One of the things about that, mm-hmm. because of the camera angles, mm-hmm. one of the things this movie does before most movies is ceilings, mm-hmm. which is weird to think about. Because <laughs> they needed to. But because he wanted, he wanted Kane to seem like this bigger, oh, yeah. bigger than life character, and you see it a lot in this movie. Well, when he's in his... Xanadu, his like yeah. mansion, like it's just like watching it going. How high are these guys ceiling? Like I, I, I love near the end when it's just him and Susan, and they're just like echoing mm-hmm. at each other. Yeah, um, just to show how their loneliness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, ceilings mm-hmm. weren't a thing in movies because like you had the lights and everything, yeah. right? And like they had to do that for this because the camera was always looking up, right? So I don't know it's just one of those weird little things. Anyway, Good continue facts. with your um, The audience that watches Kane make his speech when he's running for president is, in fact, a still photo. To give the illusion of movement, hundreds of holes were pricked in with a pin and light moves about behind it. It's such a cool effect. It is. It's such a well-done effect and such an easy thing that people today wouldn't think about it. You would just be like, well, this is just a CG crowd, right? Yeah. We can do that Well, now. it's like um, Star Wars, yeah. Phantom Menace. They're all little Q-tips, and yeah. then they just have fans moving in. Yeah. So it makes it look like the crowd. Yeah. Yes, it was an amazing effect. Yeah. And I did not even For pick like up on it. five seconds. Yes. That's it? <laughs> but it's so easy to do. Yeah. Um, speaking of special effects, in the scene where Kane and his entourage set off for the beach from Xanadu, large birds are seen flying across the background. Did you see them? Nope. Okay. In fact, the background was lifted from a science fiction film to reduce costs, and the birds are, in fact, pterodactyls. Nice. (laughs) The prehistoric beasties were probably lifted from either King Kong or Son of Kong. Nope. I did not notice that at all. Did you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> when, when was this? So, you know when they're like, we're going to go camping? Yeah. And then so it like pans across and they're like all the tents and everything. There's a couple birds that fly across the background. I'm like, those are weird looking birds. Yeah, no, I did not notice that. <laughs> all right. Um, and lastly, uh, in the scene where Jedediah confronts Kane, Joseph Cotton, 
had stayed awake for 24 hours before the shoot so as to finish in order oh, so as to finish in order to start a play in New York. Whew, that was hard to say. So he makes an error and says dramatic crimatism, a flub that Cotton inadvertently made in rehearsals that Wells decided to keep. Hmm. Which I thought was a weird weird line at first i'm like okay yeah it makes sense if you're kind of drunk and you're like yeah. dramatic criticism <laughs> criticism i got there yeah, yeah that's what I, I did notice that yeah i thought it was just part of the script yeah, apparently he had uh stayed awake pterodactyls were in this movie <laughs> hey xanadu xanadu <laughs> can we talk about xanadu for a second sure holy crap <laughs> like I know, you know, you know what this is based on, right? It's a based off of a uh, William Randolph Hearst. Yeah, yeah. Based off of a couple people, they say. Apparently, yeah. Hearst was very upset with. Oh, he hated uh, it. Orson Welles. It's still, it's still kind of like a taboo subject in the Hearst family. I don't know because one of the things that his son, his his son had said he was always welcome to come. So I don't know. Yeah. Orson Welles was welcome to come, but yeah, Xanadu was a uh, quite the place. Yes. <laughs> I like the, I, I mean, it doesn't really hold up as much from now. I like the intro to it, where it's just like that really far shot mm -hmm. as they're like moving closer, but it's like all these different things in it. Yeah. I actually really liked the, the last shot where it's just panning over all his stuff. Yeah. Right. They're just in crates and everything like that. Like I really thought that was just like, this was his legacy and then they're just burning it. Well, they're burning the useless stuff. But, and but, so, like, but I love when they're going through it and they're like... Uh, yeah, the Statue of Venus, blah, 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 250, mm -hmm. or blah, blah, His mother's stove, $2. Yeah. Like, he kept everything. Like, he's yeah. basically just a hoarder. Yeah. Like, a I could hoarder. definitely see some Howard Hughes in this, but I don't think, that, I think that was after this, wasn't it? No, so Orson Welles wanted to do the story of Howard Hughes. Oh, okay. Originally, which is why instead he did this one. Yeah, because I can definitely see some Howard Hughes as part yeah. of this, right? And we got um, The Aviator. It was a great true, movie. Which was a really, really good movie, yeah, so okay <sighs> changes changes do you want to go first or shall i change uh you go first okay so here's the big thing <gasps> i kind of want to make this a now movie yeah i'm making this a now movie a nower movie Maybe yeah in like a 90s movie like i think you'd have to have the main bulk of it now like mm -hmm. literally now um, so you'd start it in the 90s or 80s, and depending on whatever. I think you'd have to change it to, obviously, tech, because mm -hmm. that's where the big money is. Um, if I don't know. You could still keep it as... You just have to make it a fictitious media empire. True. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, like, I, what I was thinking of, like, since this, this is kind of, like, loosely based off people like Hearst and Howard yeah. Hughes and stuff, like, you loosely based this on people like Bill Gates. And Mark Zuckerberg. Jobs. And Jeffrey Bezos. Ah, oh, goddamn those people. I but, know what but, you mean. But more like Zuckerberg and Bezos because yeah. they have literally went from nothing to build this thing. Not Musk? Musk didn't really come from nothing. Okay. <laughs> but he didn't really come from nothing. No, but okay. True. We, we, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. But like, a, and became villains. Let's face it. Bezos becoming the villain. Bezos is, is our Lex Luthor. He's the Bond. Luke. And Zuckerberg is Metallo because he's a robot. <laughs> like, he's not like, blinking right. <laughs> like, not to be mean to those two people because they would have me killed if they heard this. <laughs> they, they'll hear this. Trust me. They're listening. <laughs> they're listening now. Um, 
But do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they have so much money, it's stupid. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the point of this. Is at some point... No, no, I, I do. No, I just... It, I had the random thought of... Um, because it was Bezos that went to space. Yes. It was because of that they changed the definition of astronaut. Yeah. Because they're like, he's not an astronaut. No, he's a tourist. He's a space tourist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. Keep it's going. okay. But like, I really do think part of this is he amasses such a fortune and no one says no to him for so long that he becomes a monster. Right? Yeah. I think you, you still keep the... Starts off with a good intentions, right? His um, declaration yeah. of principles. You go from, which is what I based the opening on. You too. go from Zuckerberg and, and Bezos. Bezos just started a library, basically. Mm-hmm. Like Amazon was just to sell books when it first yeah. started. And Facebook was an important thing when it first started, right? You know, yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. did he steal it? Maybe. Who cares? I'm they, pretty sure the guy, whoever he stole it from, cares. But yes. No, because... Did you ever see Social Network? No. Okay. So the thing is, that site, even if Zuckerberg stole it, mm-hmm. even if he did, which he might have, he might have stolen most of it. I don't really care. That's beside the point. He marketed it. It became what it is today because of Zuckerberg. Yeah. The Winklevosses would not have been able to do the same type of thing. It would have maybe have still been popular. Maybe. But it wouldn't have been Facebook. But you look at like MySpace and all that, where they, yeah. they just like, yeah, fizzled out. And like, yeah. But I th- I think that you would need to do that. But you have to start with the ideal, idealism, mm-hmm. right? I'm doing this for the betterment, and then it yeah. just becomes a. And if you wanted to go with Musk, electric cars. When mm-hmm. he first started doing Teslas, he let he let the battery schematic go, yeah. so that other people could do it too, right? That's pretty, you know, philanthropistic, which isn't a word. Um, and you look at the price of gas right now, it makes sense to buy an electric car. <laughs> Jesus Christ, is it ever. God, I'm um, about to buy one. But the thing about him is now he fights for making sure that rich people don't get taxed. Mm-hmm. Because he complains that he pays a lot of tax. Because he does, relatively to regular people like me and you. He True. pays millions and millions of dollars of taxes a year. But compared to how much he makes, he pays fucking nothing. <laughs> right? So, like, they're still monsters. They're just different kind of monster. Yes, but, again, hold on. There are monsters. But then again, we, we don't want to just be, like, shitting on everything. Because at the same time, like you said, that they are... my entire plot. No, they are paying... <laughs> millions of dollars in taxes even though it's like less than one percent of what they're probably making they're still paying way more than any of us are yeah and they have charitable donations because guess what that's how you lower your taxes Mm -hmm. yeah anyway anyways but i agree with you um i i I do think that um like if you want to do it the biggest thing right now for us anyway Mm -hmm. when it comes to making money and things like that is video streaming media stuff um, social media, Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, they make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, well, TikTok doesn't make that much money. Um, but but it's all user content creation, yeah, right? exactly. They don't have to create anything. <laughs> um, I, I think that's kind of where you have to start it. And then obviously diversification with his, with his money, mm-hmm. right? Like that's one of the things they didn't really show in this movie, but they kind of talked about it every now and then. He wasn't just a newspaper man. Like he had 
holdings in other places. Well, he started right? off as like the newspaper man because there's that whole thing where he's like, hey, if I lose a million a year, I'd still be here for 60 years. And it's like three years later, there's a depression. And then he's basically selling i can't remember he sold a couple of papers yeah he sold it to thatcher right like I he sends so. yeah sells some stuff but then he like builds everything back up and yeah, yeah like that's the thing he starts to get his hands in mm-hmm. other areas and then yeah it just sits back and and i think that would be the biggest change like i still would like to make it so that like the the xanadu mm-hmm. isn't like this super high-tech modern house no, I want I it want, to be a crazy. I, I want it to be crazy, giant, gothic mansion. Mm-hmm. Like what it, maybe not the weird like Middle Eastern flair that Xanadu had. Um, I I still want him to be like collecting the antique statues and 100%. being like, oh no, I had to outbid the totally. Museum of Britain. And I still want Museum I still want Britain? Susan to be some sort of opera singer or like high like like not a high society person because obviously she's just a i want emily to be that a normal person right but uh i think you know pushing her into that Mm -hmm. um because i still think people who are super rich think that's important yeah like oh no you need to do this you need to do this and like the thing is too like i really really want okay there was this hold on there's this great line in the 89 Batman where he talks about his house mm-hmm. and they go, oh, where's this? Like, and he goes, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't know his own house because it's so large. Yeah. Right? What is this room? I, I don't think I've ever I, been in this room. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I think it's the, it's the dining room, right? Because yeah, he's that, eating with her across yeah. the huge table and he's like, I never eat in here. He eats in the <laughs> kitchen, kitchen with uh, Alfred. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's that, like it's that, I want that. From when he's, I want that when they're in. So Xanadu. we just want Bruce Wayne to be this guy, just <laughs> yeah. not Batman. Like every now and then, I want it to be like I want when they're in Xanadu, they're in a different room. Sorry, I just had the whole right. Uh, I see Cox or whatever the guy that's with him. He's like, oh, where did he get this? I think got Japan. How do you know? Well, I bought it that's in Japan. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was in Japan when yeah. I bought it. So oh, you're Bruce Wayne. <laughs> okay, sorry. Not about Batman. By the way. Knox. Yeah. Can, all right yes but yeah that's kind of what i want i want this to mm-hmm. be like not like because this is a, i want it to be a strict drama but i want people who re-watching it to find all these little things about it like how the fact that xanadu is so large that they don't know where they're going when they go mm-hmm. on a picnic they still don't leave the grounds even though they drive far away huh. like or it's part of his like resort like basically yeah yeah and like i don't know if they i they don't really tell you where xanadu is do they is no in california it's got to be somewhere. Yeah. Because, like, you have to make it in an area like that. Like, either California or, like, mm-hmm. Montana or Texas, right? Because you have to have enough land. Um, so, but, mm-hmm. yeah. I just I just think you could totally modernize this in a way that it would make it seem super interesting. This is, this is going to sound a little weird. I just thought of it because we were talking about Xandu and all this. It kind of reminds me of the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. And Hefner. Yeah, a little... It's kind of what he did. Yeah. Except for him, he also turned it into his office. Yes. Right. So. But it was also kind of like he has the petting zoo and he has the grotto and he has yeah. like that huge mansion of yeah. well filled with his stuff, which is when nice. um, he was talking to Susan near the end of the movie. He's like, <laughs> she's like, I never see my friends anymore. He's like, you hosted 50 of them the other night. I'm yeah, pretty they're sure still in the West Wing. I'm pretty sure there's still some of them in the West Wing. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
which I think was always an interesting one how there's because even you have all those scenes where they're, they're in and it's just the two of them and then you have the one where he like messes up the room walks out and there's like 30 staff members just standing yeah. there and you're like oh okay mm-hmm. anyways anyway my I've changes ran- i've ranted along enough you go so i have two changes that are probably different from yours maybe um really i i agree i think it modernizes this the only real change is the reporter because i want them to be not working for like a paper or something but more of like everything has come out because we're in the modern age we all know about everything but it's like nobody really knows why this is the last word so i want it to I be more change on that give me a sec i'll okay. let you finish though so I want this to more me like either a blogger or somebody writing for a virtual paper or something like that pers- is like a personal biographer. Yeah. That yeah. is like, I need to figure out what this, this is the only story that is now here. It's, I need to figure this out. And one of the things I think should happen mm-hmm. is because when you watch the movie, it doesn't make sense. There's nobody in the room with him. Well, they say they, they show nobody, the... but then everyone's like, Oh, I was there. Yeah. yeah. But I think he should be there. Mm-hmm. He should be there writing a story, writing a book on Kane when he dies. And he, I think, he is there for the last word, which is why he knows it. Oh. That's what I think. I think it should just be, it for me, it's just the butler is there or also a doctor of some sort. I don't like the last scene. The rosebud scene? Yes. You should see it when he's a kid at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and you should never go back to it. No. I think you should let the audience figure out what rosebud is. I agree. I think we don't keep the reveal anymore. Yeah. I think you just, you, you have to, and I like how they just don't know. And they're like, we may never know. Mm-hmm. Even he might not know. And then kind of like Maltese Falcon it. Yeah. Right. Cause like in the, in that noir film, you never actually get the Maltese Falcon. The yeah. Falcon you get to fake. Like you never find this thing. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of it. Like this man who had everything and lost everything died thinking of this one memory Mm -hmm. that was so long ago that no one else remembered it yes and that's where i I think that's the most powerful part of it so that's that's where i kind of go with this whole reporter i don't think they need to be in the room i think you can have the butler or a doctor or a nurse or somebody in the room that here's the last word and that's kind of what's announced to the world and then it's just on this reporter who's like i need to figure this out Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I am keeping about the reporter, though. You're not going to see the face? I loved that. Mm-hmm. Loved it. I thought it was such a well-done little trait about him. Like, every now and then, like, he would be facing you, the camera, see... but it would be in shadow and stuff. I'm yeah. like, this is really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only other probably big change that might differ from yours, because this is people remembering him, I want him different in each person's memory. I want him to play out to kind of more of like, so when it's Bernstein, he's like the boss and he's like this take charge guy. When it's Leyland, he starts off really friendly, but gets really, he becomes a jerk, gets, yeah. becomes this huge jerk. When it's Susan, it's, I want him to be this bigger than life person because she's like enthralled with him in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then it's, he becomes just this overpowering. Like, I don't want him to be the same character throughout the whole thing because I want these to be like, not corrupted, but what's the right word? Influenced by their yeah. their their feelings towards they're, them. They're unreliable narrators because yeah. they're all because I don't old. Yeah, or you know, and one, then you, one of them is dying. How how trustworthy are they? Right? 
Because even Leyland's kind of off his rocker a little bit. Yeah. Right? And you're like, so that's what I want is how much how much of their story is going to be the truth to what this reporter is trying to find. Mm-hmm. Thompson. Thompson's the reporter. Yeah. Um, I like it. I don't think I'd put that in mind. Mostly because like the mm-hmm. way I think the story is better told is through... Because it's, it's basically a biopic on a fictional yeah. person. Right? So I think it should be... Like, I think if you were going to... I'm not saying I don't like your idea. No, no, I'm just trying to... I'm trying to word this so that it doesn't seem like I... Backtrack out of my idea. <laughs> my idea? I don't care if you don't like it. Yeah. Um, I'd still watch that movie. Mm-hmm. I think it'd probably be really well acted. It would give the person who plays Kane a lot of range. Mm-hmm. And I think that'd be really cool. I just think with if you wanted to try and go biopic with it... Mm-hmm. Um, but not documentary. I don't want talking fake talking head documentary style. No. Um, I think you'd have to stick with it being the reliable memory narrator. But it's true. I do like your idea. I mean, you you can do it to a degree, right? Like you don't have to go quite extravagant. Where like Bernstein is all like he was like this, and Leyland's like nah, he was a jerk. And then like mm-hmm. you kind of have common threads, but you maybe you just shoot it differently, right? Like they had it. Like yeah. when you go to Susan. The shots are always up on him. Yeah. When you go from Leland, the shots are always straight on or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And Bernstein is like kind of the same where it's like a little bit blue or it's like a different kind of color palette mm. around them. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there are a variety of things. you. And I think when it comes to color palette, I think because it was a black and white film, mm-hmm. I think when you redo this, you have to make this a colorful movie. That's... I think you have to. I think he has to have his life full of it and un- until he starts getting reclusive yeah and I, I think, think you start xanadu as this brightly colored place but then yeah near the end you have like a lot of really dark like marble floors and like yeah. a big empty fireplace it's all blackened like mm. you have all these things that start to make it like oh it's really getting darker because yeah, it's more about how he neglects everything mm-hmm. around him including his home his he life his buy things to have yeah. them and yeah. then Stores them away in crates, which just, they apparently like, found a bunch of them one just time. Just like he did with his wives. Yes. Just without buying them. Yes. He just, but he stored them. Mm-hmm. He didn't want them, you know. Anyway, shall we get All to right. the cast? Let's get to this cast. Okay. Hold on, let me open my cellular phone. <sighs> cellular phone. Do you want me to go first? No. Should we talk about the director, Orson Welles? <laughs> well, we're going to talk about him when I we get know, to Ka- I know. Kane. So. I know. Well, we've already done Orson Welles once before. We have? Did we not? Did we? Was he not in one of the Shakespeare movies that we did that was terrible? Is that not Orson Welles? Well, I don't think Orson Welles was in one of the Shakespeare what? movies we did. Was it not? Oh, you mean in Taming of the Shrew? Yeah. No. Who was that? That was, um... That was, was not Orson Welles. Was that not Orson Welles? No. Are you sure? I'm positive. I'm going to look it up while we're talking. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll start. Yo, Richard Burton, I do apologize, people. <laughs> You just saw a fat white man, didn't you? I did. <laughs> they look very similar. <laughs> no, it's because Orson Welles has the beard and I then... Know. I know. Yeah. He had the big beard. I thought we did him. Okay, so we're going to start with Walter Thatcher. Parker. Uh, Walter Parker Thatcher. My, I just <laughs> shortened the name. I apologize. You don't shorten these names. Um, originally played by George Coleronius. Good job. <laughs> Sorry, Tomato. <George. laughs> Tomato. Um... Yeah, this was the rich banker guy who mm-hmm. 
and looks after him. Looks after the, the mine until he becomes of age. And again... This is the Obadiah Stane. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Tony! Tony! <laughs> Tony Stark could build this <laughs> in a cave <laughs> with a bunch of scraps. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'll, I'll get to mine when, that, when we recast. Okay, go. Um, so because obviously this person is supposed to be the father figure, he's supposed to be older for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, with the de-aging technology that we have today, Ooh. I picked Anthony Hopkins. Ooh, yeah, Odin himself. Odin himself. Yeah, I um. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line of his. <laughs> it's not even really Odin. Nope. Well, it is. It's it still is. Odin. It's Anthony Hopkins, yeah. but yes. Um, I like his growl from the first movie. But no, obviously I've talked about it quite a few times. Sounds of the Lambs. Yes. Like, Anthony Hopkins is great. I absolutely love Anthony Hopkins. And I have never, ever used him in any of my movies. Because he's very old, and it's hard to find roles for super old people. Um, but I think he'd be good in this. I, I just, I think he's a great actor. I'd like to see him in more stuff before he, unfortunately, was going to pass away finally. Um, but yeah, Anthony yeah. Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins, Sir. Don't forget the Sir. Yeah. He is a Sir. He was knighted. He was. Who did you have? Um, since our aging technology is great. <laughs> No. Um, I went with somebody that I love, so Idris Alba. Nice. Yeah. I was like, he's got to be Idris Alba. I, I picked a lot of big people for small parts, which is kind of weird. Um, I, I went fairly large cast with this because of... I went, um, I went decent. Because of the fact that it's such a popular movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my actors isn't, isn't up there in that caliber, but um, I picked him because be. I think he would play the part really well. Yeah. But um, other than that, yeah, most of the people are. Yeah. But yeah, Idris Alba is this like high-powered. I don't know if we go banker still. I think you kind of have to. Do you? Yeah. Or like um, venture capitalist. Yeah, that make more sense. Like somebody right. that just the, yeah. the people who literally just invest money in other people's projects. Yeah. Right. But the thing is, like he, like if you wanted to keep with the storyline of him owning part of whatever it is that made him makes mm-hmm. him rich, right? Yeah. You know how. Donald Trump got the small loan of a million dollars from his dad, you know. In 19... Yeah, 80-something. So that's quite a lot of money yeah. for that time. Yeah. Yes, but Idris Alba is a great... And it's a small enough role that I just think it would be... And it'd be kind of fun to see him in, like, a tailored suit and, you know, mm-hmm. spectacles because he's reading documents, not being all yeah. badass. Just, just sitting behind a desk and being an like, accountant. He wants to buy a what? <laughs> He thinks it'll be fun to be a newspaper <laughs> man. <sighs> so yes, I went with Idris Alba. I like it. I'm gonna say this while we're well before we go into the next ones. Okay. So I struggled with what age am I roughly having everybody at because they bounce back and forth. Mm-hmm. It was a, such a struggle. I picked 30s. Yeah, I did 30s too. Because you can always make him look younger, and you can always make yeah. him look older. Right? And that was the thing, like Orson Welles. When he looks young, looked great. Well, I think he and was 24 when he did yeah. this. But when he looks old, like you're still like, wow, he he looked old. Like it looked like they aged him up really well. Yeah, I, that's what I said. Like I really do think the ma- the makeup was quite mm-hmm. well done in this. Like it helps that it's black and white, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Okay, Emily Monroe Norton Kane. Yes, Emily Kane. 
Monroe Norton Kane. This is the, the first, niece of the president. Yeah, the first wife. Yes. Um, this high society. Originally played by Roth Warnick. Warnick. <sighs> <laughs> um, I don't know. As, as I said, like she had a she didn't have a very large part. Uh, they focused more on Susan other than her. Um, but she was this but high society person. True. Yeah, he was, the, and I think he was the one he was in. She was the one he was in love with. She was the one he was in love with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Right. I was like trying to work. Whereas that. he wasn't really in love with Susan. No. Susan I, was a was a an, an acquisition. Object, yeah, an object to own. Almost. Yeah. Whereas this one, like, Which, this is this was before he was him. Yeah. Before he was Charles Foster Kane. He was madly in love and didn't care about the paper, right? He mm -hmm. was off running away with his, his wife. Yeah. And, and like he didn't even tell them. He no. was like, print this in the paper. Put this, but don't make it too big, yeah. right? Yeah. I like that line because he's like, yeah, put this in the paper as an announcement. But One just of the don't things make I liked about the, this, this movie too is like Susan's first performance. Mm -hmm. They were like, okay, what's the music review say? Okay, what's the dramatic review say? <laughs> okay, what's the set? Like, wait. How many? How many reviews are you doing? Criticism, the play? dramatic criticism. <laughs> I will say that there are two things about that. One is, I was like, I'm not an opera guy. I was like, she sings really well. I thought that too. I was like, like occasionally when there were scenes where she was um, with the tutor or yeah. the teacher, like you could hear that she wasn't quite on key no. and stuff like that. But like, she's not she, bad. She sings really well. <laughs> the second is. And I guess, I don't know why I never really picked this up, but the scene of him clapping mm -hmm. is one I've seen like a hundred times because they use it at sports events all the time. Yeah, and they use it at it's, like, a, it's a meme. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was like, I never realized until then. I was like, oh shit, that's where this comes from. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so Emily, I guess yeah. I'm up. You are up. So I wanted somebody that looked high society, yeah. you know. A very attractive woman that also looked like she could be a powerful woman. Who are you thinking? I don't know. Just keep going. No. I went with Gal Gadot. Is that who you're thinking? No? No. Who are you thinking? I'll get, I'll get to who I'm oh. thinking. <laughs> yes. Gal Gadot. Totally works. Again, a small part. Mm -hmm. It's not. You don't need her to be in it for too long. But I wanted somebody that had that air to her. Because like that whole scene where they're in, in Susan's apartment and all that. Like she doesn't. She doesn't get angry, yeah. but she, like, you can see or almost feel her, like, seething. Mm -hmm. And then she just, like, leaves. Like, you can get it, like, the whole, I'm going to this address. You can come if you want. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So Gal Gadot. Good nice. actress. Yeah. Not in 1984. We don't talk about that. No, and, and Red, what was the, what was the, what she did recently? Red Notice. Red Notice. <laughs> she was great in Red Notice. No one was great in Red Notice. <laughs> Were you expecting anybody to be? No. No, I wasn't. <sighs> but they seemed to have a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, that was, that was a fun movie. Yeah. It was not a great movie, but it's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, Who'd you have? I went with the same, a very similar ideal. Okay. Uh, very classy lady. Mm -hmm. um, um, I went with uh, Anne Hathaway. Ooh, good choice. Yeah. Um, I always like. I know it's a bit of a bit of a weird thing, but I will be honest. I never saw those films, but like, she got turned into a princess <laughs> in two movies, right? Like it was kind of her thing when she first started. Mm -hmm. But like, seeing her in other parts in her career, like 
her as Catwoman, her as um, her in the Devil Wars Prada. Do not know the name of that character. Um, but she is just this classically really nice, mm-hmm. really beautiful lady. And I think that's, that kind of ha- – she has this, like, I have grown up rich. Yeah. Like, that she can do that really well. She can do the opposite because, you know, Les Miserables. But Les Miserables. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think I think she would yeah. pull it off. Oh, she would. I can oh. see it. I dig it. Yeah. Can you dig it? I can dig it. Okay. Susan Alexander Kane. Why are you laughing? Because I didn't even put this first person's full name down. <laughs> what did you put? <laughs> no, my actress that I picked. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Susan anyway, Alexander Kane. Susan Alexander Kane, originally played by Dorothy Cumming or. Hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say probably the weaker of the actors. One hundred percent. But mostly because she was supposed to be younger and whinier and needier. Yes. Like she was supposed to be the thing that was draining him mm-hmm. until he realizes and the audience realizes he's draining her. Yes. Not the other way around. But that's not even a, a like her as a young actress, younger actress was fine. It was when she was playing her older self that I just was like, meh. The drunk? The drunk in the bar. And it was just like... Swooning over her ex-husband? Yeah, just... It, it, not even that. Just the way she acted those scenes was like, ah, this is kind of taking me out. Kind of like the other guys, but yes. 100%. And I think that when um, when he... When... What's his name? Alan? Tom- Thompson? Thompson. The Alan reporter? Thompson. Yes. Uh, when he goes and visits these people, mm-hmm. I think both of them. I know he doesn't actually go and visit his first wife. No. Um, but no, because she's dead. Is she? Yeah. I must have missed that. She, her. They say in the beginning, her and his son die. I do remember that. Yes. Yeah. Like, and then it's like sixteen years after they get married. Yeah. He marries his second wife, or it's like six years or something. There, there's a gap in Wait, between. We married Susan. Yeah. Because he doesn't marry Susan right away. Oh, I thought he did. Anyway, doesn't really matter. Again, I found this movie quite boring. I yes, may have zoned out a bit. Okay, that's fine. Um, but that's beside my point. Um, I think when he goes and talks to Susan, mm-hmm. she should still be successful. She would have gotten part of his money. She would have had, yeah. Right? Unless, or unless the very they least, had a prenup. At the very least, influence. Because of yeah. who she was. But I, I feel... Right? I don't know if they were trying to make that the point. Like, it, it to me, it felt like she owned that club. Maybe. But that's not what I mean. Like, No, I know. Like, because of the fact, like, I kind of would like... Actually, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to go kind of. I'm going to like this. This is being my <laughs> film. When you go and meet my Susan... Am I going first, by the way? Yes. When you go and meet my Susan, who's now played by Lupita Nyong'o... Um, who is amazing in every way, shape, or form mm-hmm. whenever I see her or anything. Um, I want her to be doing charity work with his money. Yeah. And I want it to be that way because I want her reasoning is be like, well, no, he kept me inside and made me a property for so long that when I got free of that, I wanted to make sure no one, not, that never happened to anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I want her to take all the trauma and all the problems that he forced on her and use it as strength to help other people whereas I'm in on, this it looks route. like she went 
I'm going to start drinking and I lost all my money a couple of years ago. Yeah. I'm going to change it slightly from yours, but I'll, I'll talk about mine when I get to mine. It's yours. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I know I, okay. I, I used her a while back, Mm -hmm. uh, but she is, I want this to be a strong enough character that even the person who played her, Dorothy, Mm -hmm. though she was whiny and stuff, she did a really good job. With the she crying did. and the fear and the anger. Yep. And Lupito like can cry really, really well. Lupito. <laughs> anyway, who did you have? So I went a different way with, with this character because I wanted it to be, you know, similarly as I don't want her to be like completely, how do I say this? As heartbroken that he's dead, right? Because it's been several years and she's gone. I do want her to be not as successful, but I still want her to be like, yeah, she has money and all this, but because I want her to be like, I came into a relationship where I was offered everything and I just blew through everything. No consequences. Yeah. And that kind of messed her up. And it took her a while to get back to being like what she says is a normal person. Mm. Right? Like, how do you walk away from literally everything? Literally everything, but yeah. the thing you want. Fun story. Ooh, fun from, story. From Kevin Smith. Ooh, no, we don't talk to him. He didn't come to Vancouver. About Prince. Ooh, Prince. So he was supposed to do either a documentary or something with Prince mm-hmm. way back in the day. So he was there meeting with him. Uh, he tells the story, but I'll do it quick just because it's about rich people and they're the world they live in. Yeah. Um, and so he was talking to Prince and Prince got, you know, it's like, okay, this conversation's over. We can, you know, meet mm-hmm. up for the thing. And then before he before he left, Prince looked to one of his aides and was like, "Hey, I want a giraffe for tomorrow." And the next morning, Kevin Smith got there, and there was a giraffe. Because that was the world Prince lived in, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But that's what I, I kind of want. Like Susan literally said, I walked away from and didn't think of consequences and didn't know how to handle my money. So yeah. I blew through. I don't want her to blow through all of it, but yeah. she, I want her to be like, I blew through it in those first years because there's going to be a lot of stories about her going wild after she mm-hmm. divorces this wealthy man. And then it just being like, it took me forever to realize like how to become successful mm-hmm. again, right? But I, I, I do think like if you got the right writer and you got the right director for mm-hmm. this project, I really do think you could focus it, focus at least these two characters, maybe just the one, on on that recovering of trauma. Yes, um, and even for for Orson's character, I don't know why. For even for his Kane. character, yeah, <laughs> even for his character, like he realizes near the end that he pushed her away. Oh yeah, he knows it. And then he spends the rest of his life wandering around Solid, his giant solitude. empty home. Yes, right. Which again isn't not the right thing to do, but mm. and I and I think I think in the now, the way we look at mental health. Mm-hmm. Right, like this would be a major topic of this movie, and I don't think you should just brush it under the rug. No, right? but I think the major topic is how much they would be in the limelight, mm-hmm. right? And all the negative impacts of a review. Because yeah. if she becomes a singer and people are like, she's terrible. Yeah. But he keeps pushing her, right? Like we can see that in certain stars already. Oh, we see that in movie stars. Yeah. Remember Jack Courtney? Yep. They just kept pushing him out. We like people. He's bad. Stop giving us Jai Courtney <laughs> movies. Same with Sam Worthington. Stop giving us Sam Worthington movies. We do not oh, care about so, him. Hold on. I need to know. <laughs> anyways. But so, you know what I mean. I right? know what you mean. So anyways, my Susan. 
Um, I went with Alicia Vikander. Okay. Vikander. Um, recently saw her in The Green Knight. I didn't know she was even in that. Yes. She plays two different roles in that one, actually. Um, but she has... This doesn't sound either she's really the, creepy or really good. She's gr- the one from... Tomb Raider. And um, Ex Machina, right? Yes. Okay. She played... Uh, the robot the character from Mexico, whose no. name I can't remember. Doesn't Great matter. movie, doesn't matter. But she has this creepy movie, innocent looking face. Yeah, 100%. It sounds kind of creepy, but she has this younger look, and that's what I was kind of going for. Like, he's drawn to the innocence of her. And mm-hmm. what do you want to do? Oh, you want to be a singer? Like, I don't want it to be creepy. So, I kind of picked Lapito for the exact same reason, mm-hmm. but for a weird movie. I'm gonna not remember the name of this movie. There's a movie she's in where she is. A teacher of like a kindergarten class, mm-hmm. and there's a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> okay. It's a funny comedy, zombie yeah. comedy. But like she's she's all in, she's a kindergarten teacher. Like mm-hmm. she's all innocent and like and yeah, like I for the exact same reason yeah. you're just talking about, right? Like you you have to be able to do that because she literally doesn't even know who he is when no. he when he met meets her, right? So no. she's he's some guy that gets mud on him, and then yeah. she's laughing, and he's like, "You have no idea who I am, right?" Yeah. Which I like that. Do you, strange man who got mud on you. Do you want to come up to my apartment? And have some warm water? <laughs> I have. Is this? <laughs> I have warm water. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I feel like this is code. <laughs> this is I, 1940s code. I have a fireplace that can fit 15 people in it comfortably. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> 16 if they're really skinny. <laughs> We did it last Christmas. <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> okay, it got weird. Okay, next. Well, yes, Alicia Vikander. I like Great her. actress, too. Okay, uh, now we're going to Mr. Bernstein. Mr. Bernstein, or is it Bernstein? I really did, I really did like how they referred to it. Mr. Leland, Mr. Mm. Kane. You know, I, th- I thought that was really nice, even though they were, like, basically college friends. Yes. Uh, well, him and Leland were. He, him and Leland. But Bernstein doesn't have a first name. He's literally only known as Mr. Bernstein. That's fine. It's not Bernstein. Or Bernstein. <laughs> Bernstein. What are we, what is the Mandela effect? No. It's not a thing. It doesn't happen. It does happen. Okay, so this is originally played by Everett Sloan. So this is the kind of... He's the chairman of the board later. This was your stereotype. Oh, yeah. This is, uh... You didn't... You noticed that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, So... Uh, but, obviously, I think you should change that. But, uh... Mm-hmm. This was the character that was good with the money, good with the... Mm-hmm. You know, he was the one... Because, like, he, he was the one who was always like, oh, he bought another statue. <laughs> right? So... Yeah. Ah, oh, Mr. Leland, won't you tell me how to do this? <laughs> anyway. Um... Who do you have... I think I know you went for the other one, so um, I went with Matt Smith. For the other one, you went for David Tennant last week. Oh, I think okay. <laughs> I went for Matt Smith. Okay, because I wanted somebody that was actually it's funny enough. All my people are like British people, so it's just weird. Most of them have been, yes. <laughs> um, which you could set in Britain. I don't care, but yeah, Matt Smith is a great actor. Yeah, he can do the old version of himself really well. I don't know as much about getting him to look younger. Might be a little harder to get him young, but I want somebody that would be able to kind of bounce off of these two other people. He still looks pretty young. Yeah, you know, smooth his face out, face out a little bit with the technology. He'd be fine. Well, thing is, like when he was in uh, 
the crown was it the crown mm-hmm. which one is he in i don't know he played one of the old he was charles yes no no he was, he was charles's dad albert oh sure <laughs> us in our monarchies we know him well but he's a great actor oh yeah Oh, and yeah. I like I like when he's the, the second best Doctor Who. Yes, I love by when a, he, by he a gets very small margins. Yes. But I love when he gets super excited in Doctor Who and whatnot. Like that's what I want Bernstein to be like, all excited and then like later reflecting on it. Like I wanted to hold Charles Foster Kane as like this great man, right? Whereas like Susan holds him as this kind of asshole, mm-hmm. and Leyland, when we get to him, will also kind of hold him as this asshole. But this is the guy that's like, no, he was great because. You know, he might not have been a good man, but he was a great business guy. Yes. Philip. Philip. We got there. Is it the crown? The crown. Okay, good. Uh, he's in Morbius. Yeah, I, I saw him in the trailer one day, and I'm like, what? Who's he playing? Uh, Lequi Crown. L-O-X-I-A-S Crown. Oh, shit. I just realized something, but I'll, I'll tell you later. Okay. Okay. Anyways, who is your Mr. Bernstein? Um, or your Bernstein, my Bernstein, my Mrs. Bernstein, <laughs> my Miss Bernstein. I picked Rashida Jones. Um, this is going to sound super, super weird, but because of her role in the Muppets, <laughs> do you remember her in the Muppets? Uh, she was the um, program director of the station that was going to air their special. I think so. And she was super serious, like, but serious in a good way, and like and newer ki- shit. And they kidnapped Jack Black. <laughs> you got kidnapped Jack Black. Neil, why aren't you hosting this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> great movie, but I really, really like her. She has been so great in all the movies I've seen her in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why, but I was looking for people around this age, and she popped up, and I'm like, you know what? I like it, so I kept no, it. No, it you works. Know. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Who was our next Mr. Leland? Jedediah Leland. Jedediah Leland. No. Jedediah. Jedediah. Yes. Not Jebba. Uh, originally played by Joseph Cotton. Or Cotton. Cotton. I'd say Cotton. Cotton. Ah, Joe. Where did he come from and where did he go? Uh... <laughs> anyway. Um... Oh, it's my turn. You're you're okay. up first. So, so this, that this works. is this was my weird one. So, so I weird. picked him for both his role in The Good Place and in Midsommar. Um, Would be like Ted Danson. <laughs> yeah, for the Leland character. No, 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 no. Um, his name is William Jackson Harper. Um, he is very funny, which 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 is the part of the Leland at the beginning of their careers mm-hmm. when they're all happy and partying and you know dancing with the girls at the club and whatever whatever mm-hmm. um but like from him he was so serious and so powerful as a character in midsummer which granted is a horror movie so obviously he couldn't be as funny no. um and, it, and again like i was looking at people around the same age as my as mm-hmm. my uh cane and i'm like well okay and like like again i think he is a phenomenally good actor um and I hope to see him in more things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Who did you have? I wanted somebody that was going to be like, okay, so they're the school buddies. Kind of gets pulled along and then, you know, goes off. And then somebody that's just kind of 
bitter about it later in life, right? So okay. somebody that could do like the the chumminess and then do like the kind of I don't know broken downness. So, anyways, I went with Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell, the thing. Yes. <laughs> Billy Elliot. Um, what do you mean? He was the thing. Uh, he was the thing. <laughs> More so because of his role in Rocket Man. He played the writer. Oh, right. He did. He was Billy Git. No, that's from the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now what we're going to look his this name? up. God damn it. I'll um, look it up. You keep talking. Yes. Yeah, so, like, his role in Rocket Man was great. He was great in that. Um, as the friend to Elton John and like his like yes. that's kind of what I want him to start off like, and then later on when he he kind of gets this more like I don't know drunk demeanor to him, yeah. Because Jamie Bell is an Irish guy, I'm sure he can get pretty good drunk. Probably. <laughs> um, that he would yeah he would play this off as like this good Leland character and be like no Foster Kane here's your principles shove it right like you're not living up to them anymore. What we started off was this, and now we're here, right? Okay, I'm going to sound really stupid. What? How do you spell Rocket Man? <laughs> rocket. Spell it. R-O-C-K-E-T. That's what I had. M-A-N. What the hell? Why didn't it pop Did, up before? I, I was hoping a, I spelled that right because it's now on the... put a space in there instead the, of one word? Yeah, it's one word. Anyway. Um... Barry to... Taupin. There you go. Yeah. The guy that wrote yeah. the lyrics. The, lyri- the lyrics. Lyricist. Because yeah. Elton John wrote. Elton John was a famously bad lyricist. Yes, but he was an amazing musician. Musician. Yeah. So, yes. Jamie Bell. Okay. Sounds good. And plus, I like Jamie Bell. And I think he needs to be in more things. And Billy Elliot was a great... I mean, he was young. Yeah. But then I love the fact that you could totally have him reviewing... A stage performance of Billy Elliot in it and just be like... Starring Tom Holland. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. It's <laughs> where we got to start. Oh, no, I know. Okay. Next. Next. Thompson. Thompson the reporter. William Allen. Or the blogger. Or the investigator. Biographer or whatever. Mm. The man looking for information on the yep. recently deceased. So I do like the fact you never really see the person. Mm-hmm. Um... I kind of keeping that to some degree, but I needed, I need somebody because like, like I said, this is somebody that's going back and forth, asking questions and whatnot. Uh, so I went with a less famous person and I went with uh, Camelia Mendez. Camelia? I know that name. She played Veronica on Riverdale. Ah, uh, yes. She's been in a, other things as well. Mm-hmm. Probably the one you most likely know her from. But yeah, like... I wanted, like, somebody that's going to be, like I said, more online researching and doing all this stuff. And then, like, no, I need to go talk to these people in person and mm-hmm. somebody that's going to go off. And I figured it'd be easier to have somebody younger going off and talking to these old people and being like, hey, I'm from... <laughs> I was going to be like, I'm from some site, but I don't want to name any sites in case anyone actually listens to us and then we get sued. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm from famouslastwords.com. <laughs> We need to figure out what Sarah famous last words. <laughs> we should look this up. If not, we're gonna start this. The no, next ven- the next venture, famouslastwords.com. Um yeah. I'm she's she's a great actress, um, from what I've seen her in. And I think having this inquisitive person, younger person going off and looking into these things would be 
There's no Based... famous last word. Okay, good. <laughs> and again, you don't have to really see her, right? You can get like the shots of her going to places and talking to things, but like you could almost do interaction, not interactions between her and the people, but like interactions between her and her editor through emails mm-hmm. where you don't even have to talk. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Or Which... like Skype calls. Skype calls. Zoom calls. Sure. Famouslastwords.com calls. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to make millions off of our idea. That one person that listens to us would be like, this is brilliant. Technically, we said it on an, on, on a recorded podcast. Oh, we, we have claim. Yeah, we could say that it was our idea, blah, 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 blah. But we never patented it. No, we did not. Um, but we can still get a percentage. True. That's all that matters. Okay. Who's your... So, a little different. So, I'm with somebody who is recognizable to some, but not to others. And I obviously want to keep the fact that you don't see his face, but I want you to be like listening to the voice being like, I know that voice. Where do I know mm. that voice from? Why do I know that voice? Um, but I still want him to be a really good actor, soft-spoken, all that stuff. So I picked Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm, good choice. Right? Because like, it's mostly because, like, to be honest, I kind of want to dress him the same way. Put him in that suit with the fedora, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And like have him just sitting there with a notepad and paper and just be like... You know, it's like, hey, well, you know, and I could totally see him doing that. Oh, yeah. Um, he could easily, the funny thing is he could easily blend into, Yeah. and yeah, you wouldn't have to ever really see him. And he'd be like, who? Yeah. It's it's like, I'm not going to say that example. Um, but it, it'd be, it's one of the, he's one of those voices where like, you could hear it for half a movie and be like, why? Why do I recognize mm-hmm. this goddamn voice? And you look it up and you're like, oh, of course. And now I can't unhear it. Yeah. <laughs> right? So. Yeah. yeah good choice good old jgl haven't it's been a while him. since i, I haven't w- seen him in a lot of stuff recently so i think it... he's been busy on doing other stuff no i was gonna say i think the last movie i saw him in was that christmas one with anthony mackie and seth rogan well last christmas i don't think it's, I mean, it might be last christmas or like holidays one yeah i know the one you're talking about which is a, actually a really funny movie it's a stupid movie mm-hmm. but it's funny at least i find it funny but he plays really well in it he's always been good okay charles foster kane charles foster kane mr orson wells himself um was orson wells that did the voice in transformers right omicron omicron no Unicron? No. On Unicron. Unicron. <laughs> you threw me off Omicron. Omicron Percy I ate. <laughs> I just started rewatching that. Um, no, Unicron. Unicron. Yeah. It was one of his last roles. Technically, mm-hmm. he was in some di- someone to love and hot money after that. Mm. Um, yeah. No, he was in a couple episodes of Maynum P.I. apparently. Yeah. Orson Welles. Yeah. But Orson Welles is one of those actor directors who you know you might not know you know but you know him whether or not you know him but you know his voice was it orson welles that showed up in the johnny depp movie we did it was and it wasn't well what it was it was vincent, vincent d'onofrio Maurice the marsh yeah but that was the orson welles <laughs> yes yes and if you don't know who orson welles are is and you're listening to this <laughs> go and find it's on youtube somewhere his frozen peas bloopers that he did for a frozen pea company. He mm-hmm. did an advertisement and he was 
drunk off his ass and he was just berating the sound people. It's very, very funny. It's a story that Maurice LaMarche talks about a lot because he uses it as a warm-up when he has to do the brain voice, which is just Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he is... He's one of those actors that did a lot of weird stuff back mm-hmm. in his early career um, and became this quite a large name in Hollywood, which then kind of, like spread yeah right well uh-huh. i mean the thing is he has that speaking voice mm-hmm. he'd do really well on podcasts <laughs> but yeah it's one of those things where you like we we just talked about it the only real thing i know orson wells from is the war of the worlds reading the radio mm-hmm. and then transformers the 1989 movie 87 I can't remember. But like the animated Transformers movie. Yeah. Where he played Unicron. Unicron. Not Omicron. <laughs> Pussy eye. Yeah. But like he's done a lot of stuff. Like Oh yeah, he's in a ton. Yeah. So heard good things about the third man. Mm. Anyway. Maybe one day we'll review some more. It's always fun to watch old movies that I haven't yeah. watched. Yes. Touch of evil. Wilson Wells. Yeah, I guess it's my go, isn't it? Yeah, you're you're starting so us I went off. So I was someone who needed to be charming, mm-hmm. like he is. He's, he's charisma and has all the charisma and everything, and then still has the emotional range to play the end parts. This is gonna sound weird because I know you don't always see that emotional range, mm-hmm. um, because he's always playing this cocky good guy. Um, but he wasn't a great person when he played Kirk. And I picked Chris Pine. Um, Kirk had his moments where he was not a good person. Um, especially in the in the later ones. Um, what? Into Darkness? Yeah. No. What was the, the third well, one? The one with um, Idris Elba. Because yes. like, he was like, oh, I can't. I can't do wrong, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, I got my whole ship killed. Yeah. <laughs> There's oh. like 12 of us left. Oh. I'm the worst. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, Kurt. But you... like, other than that, like, I know you really haven't seen him as a villain. I know he kind of played a villainous character in Into the Woods. Charming wasn't a great person. No. Uh, but I never saw Into the Woods because my wife told me not to. <laughs> Danielle hated that movie with a passion. But it's Meryl Streep. <laughs> And she got nominated for an Oscar. Why? <laughs> I Meryl think, Streep. I don't know if it was that year or the year where she was in Ricky and the Flash. But <laughs> one of the years where she was nominated for an Oscar, Jerry Little came up and was like, and the California mandated Oscar <laughs> nomination for Meryl Streep. <laughs> so, but I, I think Chris Pine could pull this off. <laughs> it's more of that, like, Chris Pine is super charming when he wants to be. Um, Captain Trevor... Very, very charming in the first mm-hmm. um, Wonder Woman movie. Most of Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman film, super, super charming. Um, I would love to see him come back as the Green Lantern, which I think he could play really, really well. Though, if they're going to pick Green Lantern, I'd rather see Jon Stewart. Yeah. But that's just me. Um, I think you got enough Hal Jordan with Nathan Fillion doing voice. You don't want to talk about Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds doesn't want to talk about Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about Hal Jordan. <laughs> Or, uh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't want to talk about that. He literally shot himself <laughs> for reading that script. 
But no. Let's, let's... You're welcome, Canada. <laughs> uh, I always wondered if it was different in other countries, or if he still said, you're welcome, Canada, for Deadpool. You know what? That's a good question. Because like, I know in Zootopia... Yeah. The news reporter was a different person in most countries. Yeah, they changed it to a different animal. It was a animal. moose here, and it was our news person, and it was mm-hmm. like a panda, and in different parts of the world yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. I always wondered if they, they changed that. Because that's the thing about Deadpool. Deadpool is just a voiceover role. Yeah. If he wants it to be. Well, he could totally, yeah, just change that line, yeah. right? Like anyway, I picked Chris Pine, yeah, not Chris Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I picked Ryan Reynolds. No. Though... You know what? As Ryan. much as he is a Joker and a Deadpool, Ryan is a really, really good actor, and I think he could actually pull this off. I didn't pick Ryan Reynolds, by the I'm way. I'm just saying. No, he uh, could. Yeah, because I don't, I don't want to shit on the man, <laughs> and then not. No, because he, because I really like Ryan. I think he is. I think he's found his market in what he does, uh, mm-hmm. but he has done serious stuff. Like even buried was, fucked. buried was was, yes. Even as bad as it was, the Amityville Horror. I like that version. Yeah, but he played a he's really terrifying. creepy. He's terrifying in that movie, which was great. Yeah. So, but we're not here to talk about Ryan Reynolds. Um, Maybe one day. Okay, I chose we'll do Man Crush Month. Yeah, Man we'll Crush Month. Nicholas Cage movie for you. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> Can we wait till his new movie comes out? No, <laughs> sure. Yeah. We'll do. Um, you'll do Harrison Ford. We know. <laughs> Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> well, she had to do Woman Crush because she's a. Oh, we could all we could all choose a woman to crush on simultaneously. It just sounds wrong. Yeah, let's back out of this conversation. Okay, so I went. I went with somebody that I knew would have the range to do it, and would hopefully throw himself into it, and could start off charming, and then get into that darker territory. And then I didn't realize until we were talking about Matt Smith that I also chose somebody from the same movie upcoming. I want Jared Leto. Didn't realize Matt Smith was in Morbius. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. That's fine. I didn't re- no one cares about Morbius. No. <laughs> but I want Jared Leto. Because yeah. I think he's got, he's got that range to him. And he can really get himself involved in characters that you've seen. Yeah. And I think he has that... That younger look to him where he can be like, yeah, I'm super passionate about this, this, and this, right? Like, I'm really caring about the rights of the people. And, mm-hmm. you know, in this case, we'd probably go into more of a climate mm-hmm. discussion. Sure. But then he can do darkness really well, too. And I think going down, that's what you kind of want him to do as he gets older. I still keep, still think to this day that he played one of the best Jokers. In which one? In Blade Runner 2049. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, no. you just got a lot of hate mail coming our I, way. I've, I've said this before that those two movies came out very similar, close to each other. Mm-hmm. And the character he played in Blade Runner 2049 would have been a much better Joker than the one we got in Suicide Squad. But uh, even because he is calm and creepy yeah. and sadistic. But that's kind of what and I think Foster yeah. is at the end. Yes. Right? And... <laughs> As bad as, I mean, not bad, but as interesting as it was in the Snyder version, Snyder cut, like when he shows up in that scene in the future, like that's, he does play a decent off the, off the cusp Joker. Not as like terrible as the one when Suicide Squad was, Mm -hmm. but still, yeah. I like it. Jared Leto. Okay. 
that's it. That's it for Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Rosebud. Yes, Rosebud. It's a sled. <laughs> it saved you two poopless hours. Uh, I think, think it would be funny, though, if you just had a cut at the end where it's like they throw it in the furnace and the butler walks by and goes, oh, shit. That's what that means. Hello. Clink. Clink. Uh, but again, like, I really don't think they should do that. I think, like, you should oh, see no. it when he's playing in the snow. You should see it when he's doing that. And then that's when the audience knows what's going on. But I think it's also interesting that you, you do the scene with him playing on the sled and you know you talked about it and then when he leaves with uh thatcher thatcher gives him a new sled but it's a completely different one because mm-hmm. it says the crusader or something on yeah. it instead of his rosebud and then that's kind of like the whole thing and i think you play up parts of it in the thing where they talk about him liking to go skiing and snowboarding like he wants to go do some like in his life he remembered being a kid and being free yeah that's what he remembered or time when he was happy with his mom. Mm-hmm. Mother dearest. Mother dearest, and you're super flat acting. Why are you sending me away? <laughs> Why are you sending him away? I am child. I have had him packed for a week now. I am clearly reading this off a card. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I stand? <laughs> question mark. Look at camera. Do oh, not wait. Do not say question mark? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> Turn show, and talk show to me other actors. on the card. <laughs> Go. <laughs> oh, good night, San Diego. <laughs> Who put a question mark on the teleprompter? Why can't we turn his mom into um, oh, Anchorman? Hmm. I said I like how we turned his mom into Anchorman. Yeah. <laughs> Just terrible. All right. Well, yeah, you know it's interesting. That this movie is so critically acclaimed, yet it flopped. Yeah. But that was how the times were back then. Like, I think that was to do with Hearst, too. Like, he hated this, and he tried to block it and do stuff. Yeah. So. But it was a flop. And that's the weird thing, is it can be critically successful, but... Well, we we talked about that when we did uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Like, It's a Wonderful Life was just a terrible disappointment when it opened. It wasn't until it became a syndicated Christmas movie on television yeah. that it became big, right? Well, I so. mean, that's always the, the discussion about cult classics, right? Like, movies just don't Clerks. do well. Kevin Smith has made an entire career off doing terribly in theaters and doing amazingly well on VHS and DVD. Mm-hmm. Right. So, And then now podcasts and touring and having heart attacks. Not coming to visit us in Vancouver. The jerk. So disappointed. All right. Well, where can they find us, Hassa? You guys can find us on regular podcast places, iTunes, Google, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Just look for Recasted Podcast. We have the most amount of episodes. Um, <laughs> well, there are other podcasts no. called Recasted, but there, we have the there most. is another yeah. one out there that does the same thing. Yeah. They have done a few of the same movies, but we have done like over two hundred movies at this point. <laughs> We've done quite a few. Yeah. We're on season four. Yeah, um, we don't stop. <laughs> if you do want to contact us, please, please do. We do have a Twitter, uh, Recasted Pod. Leave a comment on one of the on one of the um, episodes something mm-hmm. if you want to hear us do a movie let us know please please 
um, we will we will look into trying it for you because if you guys do listen, we want to hear from you. Where Chris? Where can they find you? Chris. Chris? Tomato. You tomatoes can find me. No. Uh, do you need to start drinking or stop drinking? Uh, One of the two. Maybe half and half. Um, yeah, you can find me on Etsy at the Canuck Comic Guy Store, um, as well as on Instagram under the Canuck Comic Guy Store. Uh, I have recently actually updated the shop and added all my stuff in, so you know that's that's a positive. It's good. Come check it out. Come buy some things. Give us more funding for our podcast. <laughs> Give us some funding yeah. for our podcast. No, but uh, yeah, come check us out. And yeah, we're halfway through flop month. Yeah, we Ho- are. Hopefully these movies aren't flopping. These episodes aren't flopping. <laughs> uh, coming up to a good movie, hopefully next week. We'll see. Something I've never seen before. And I have, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, from all of us here at Recasted, go see Treasure Planet. <laughs>